Welcome to Happy to Be Here, your wellness starter kit podcast. This week, we're talking to Catherine Cross, the founder of Anja Health, a stem cell banking startup. I happened across Anja on TikTok and was so curious about stem cell banking and what they're building. Throughout the pod, we're answering questions like what conditions stem cells can help, how much it costs to preserve, and the stem cell preservation process as a whole, and also why it impacts certain communities more. I'm Vivian, this is Happy to Be Here, and here's my conversation with Catherine. I am so excited to be on another episode of Happy to Be Here. Um, And I'm intrigued with our next guest, particularly because I found you on TikTok, I think. I think you had a TikTok that went viral. Um, And I was so curious about what you're building at Anja and how you're building it and why you're building it, Catherine. So I would love for you to introduce yourself first, and then we can dive into everything that you're creating. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I'm the founder of Angel Health, and we basically help pregnant parents keep stem cells from their umbilical cord and placenta. Um, and so I started building it because of my younger brother, Andrew. He had cerebral palsy, um, so I named the company after him. But essentially, he, um, yeah, so he had, had a near drowning accident. And from there, my parents were looking into treatments for cerebral palsy because it was pretty low functioning. And prior to the accident, he was um, basically totally healthy. So, um, yeah, my mom found a study at Duke University that allows kids to basically receive their own cord blood back into them. Um, And the stem cells in cord blood, which is the blood inside of an umbilical cord, um, they are super regenerative and they were able to see motor and social skill improvements in children who had received their own stem cells back into their system. Um, And so, yeah, it was something that I've always been adjacent to because um, my brother's accident and my parents searched for something um, what happened when I was so young. Um, But yeah, but then in 2021, he passed away. So I was looking into entrepreneurship in general at that time and um, just decided that, yeah, being able to work on something that would have been able to impact his life was really what I wanted to do with this interest um, in entrepreneurship. So yeah, then I started found so then I started working on Angel Health. Um, and so yeah, now I'm full time on it. And um, yeah, it's pretty good. I think it's so interesting and and the video you have on your website was pretty intriguing to me because I think you did a really good job there of kind of explaining exactly the story as you explained it now, but also building in the the data and the importance especially for people of color on Mm -hmm. why you should be storing it and this is something completely new to me so I have so many questions for you but I would love for you to start and just explaining the benefits behind actually preserving these things and what that looks like yeah yeah so um the benefits are really that there are three different types of stem cells in the three different resources so there's cord blood cord tissue and also the placenta so the cord blood and cord tissue is the cord itself um, and the blood inside of it. And then the placenta, of course, is attached on the end of the umbilical cord at birth. Um, And so, yeah, they each have different types of stem cells. So the cord blood and placenta stem cells are really inclined to tissue regeneration, whereas the cord blood stem cells are really inclined to blood regeneration. So um, any type of tissue or blood-related disease um, that it can potentially be used to treat. Um, So... For instance, things like, um, yeah, cerebral palsy, as I mentioned, HIV, it's been used um, twice now, last year and then this year. Um, And so, yeah, the the science has definitely been accelerating over the course of the past decade, um, especially with respect to 
um, cord tissue and placenta stem cells. That's uh, like relatively newer concept compared to cord blood, um, but people are even seeing that they're able to use those stem cells or like, for instance, those in conjunction with cord blood stem cells. Um, and so, yeah, um, the most common use case I would say is um, probably cancers. After um, receiving chemotherapy, it can help with regenerating your immune system potentially. Um, but yeah, the reason why you would want it to be your own is because especially for the cord blood stem cells, it requires a match. And so, as you mentioned, um, then it can disproportionately impact different communities of color. Um, if you don't have a match or don't have your own, um, because donor pools for cord blood donations tend to be solicited in really high income areas. And so obviously that makes donor pools skewed pretty white. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, um, there, you the chances that you will find a match, um, in the donor pool is lower if you're a person of color. Um, and so, yeah, and it can be even lower than, published stats for if you're if you're mixed race and so like my brother and I are mixed race and so I think that that's why we weren't able to find a match um but yeah it's as low as 20 in the 20s percentile that um that you'll be able to find a match if you're a person of color or black have you seen as you've been growing the company that the people that are coming to you and the communities are coming to you are those who maybe haven't been served traditionally like you're mentioning yeah, like we've been able to attract actually quite a um, high Latinx population, which I think is really interesting. It wasn't particularly intentional, but I am glad to see it resonating. Um, yeah, I, I actually thought because I make a lot of TikTok content talking about Angel Health, uh, we would attract an Asian audience just because I'm Asian and mm -hmm. talk about that. But um, yeah, actually the, the highest demographic that we've seen is um, Latinx I think it's really interesting because I am Latinx. And so I'm like, well, I found you through TikTok and that's how I reached yeah. out for the podcast. So maybe I'm fitting into your demographic. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also, I think, at least from my personal perspective, I don't have children. Um, and when I saw your videos, I thought about it from the perspective of how, of how many people I have seen in my community um, where I was growing up and my family pass for things that it seems like this could have potentially helped in some way shape or form mm -hmm. really um support them in their health or in their longevity of life and I think mm. when I think back to preventative medicine and like this podcast is really focused on like mental health and wellness but one of the benefits of that I think is when you are so self-aware of what is serving you in your day-to-day -day, you also think ahead and you think about like what are the things that I can be doing potentially that can help me my family in ways that I would rather think ahead than have to think, I wish I would have done that. And this feels like one of those things where, yes, it's at a cost, but it also may be the ROI on this if you actually need it or if you're able to use it, it's probably much higher than whatever you're going to be paying for it. Mm -hmm. um, but I would love to dive into that too. Like what is the cost and also the process of how you would go about actually using something like Angela? Yeah. Yeah. So the pricing ranges from uh, $49.79 or $99 a month. Um, depending on if you choose to do cord blood, cord tissue, and or the placenta, so one, two, or three of those. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, essentially it's monthly payments for eight years and it covers 20 years of storage. Um, so yeah, accessibility has always been a part of our mission, although um, yeah, it's sad that cord blood banking isn't 
covered by insurance. So we do tend to, we do have to ask people to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've been trying to think about different ways to make things more accessible um, on our end. So yeah, I think that's like historically been plaguing the industry of cord blood banking, just um, the fact that people think it's for the top 1%. And even you can tell by the way, like other companies market that they're trying to target the top 1%. Um, and yeah, so I think we, yeah, have been lucky to reach a more low income audience, mm-hmm. um, just because I think they deserve to be armed with the right information. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see, hopefully it, our pricing changes. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the process, right? So I decide that I want to subscribe to one version of mm-hmm. whatever package that looks like. How do I get the things to you? What am I doing in that yeah. process? Yeah. So we have a kit that as soon as you sign up, we'll send to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, if you, if you sign up prior to 30 weeks, we'll wait until the 30 week mark to send it just so it's not kind of lying around in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the, uh, yeah, 30 week mark, you'll receive it. Or if you're later on than that, we'll just send it right away. Then you can bring it with you to the home or hospital or birth center, wherever you're giving birth. Um, and just basically let your physician or provider know that you have the kit. Um, typically mm-hmm. even like midwives have done collections for us, um, but nurses too. And, um, sometimes the OB does it. So it really just depends, but mm-hmm. as long as they know that that's one of your preferences, then, um, yeah, they won't throw away the placenta and umbilical cord, which is typically what happens. So yeah, like I always think about it as honestly, our biggest competitor is just the biohazard waste bin. <laughs> Um, because most, yeah, umbilical cords, placentas are just tossed. So, um, instead they'll place it in our kit. So basically we have two jars for the umbilical cord and placenta, and then we have a, a, what's similar to a blood bag for, to collect the cord blood. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's just inserted into the umbilical cord vein and then it flows from there. Very similar to when you collect blood. Um, and yeah, after that, you can call, uh, our 24 hour pickup line, and we'll come pick it up anywhere in the U.S. and bring it to our lab in New Jersey, which is where it's um, cryopreserved. So similar to how eggs and sperm are frozen, um, we freeze stem cells in the same way. As someone who is a anxious person um, <laughs> and also a people pleaser and someone who tries not to bother other people with something I'm working on. But I think one of the main things that came to mind when you were explaining that process is, are the doctors and the nurses going to get upset at me for asking for this? And I feel like that's probably something that someone else may be thinking too, is like, is this going out of their way? Is this something I can advocate for myself for and say like, this is important? Have you had other people who are using the product say like, okay, this has been a great experience with my healthcare providers mm-hmm. or this has been difficult? Um, we haven't had anyone say it's been difficult. We've mm-hmm. had some like midwives, for instance, only do, they've only done it once before and they're mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I, I need a bit of a refresher. But usually we just ask people to remind their physician before birth. And then okay. when you get to birth, also bring it up again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say it's something that I encourage people to just feel empowered to advocate for themselves for. I always think it's, um, sort of similar to like, if you bring your own food to the hospital and you mm-hmm. just ask for a fork. Like it's, um, it's kind of like, they're not going to say no. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's just like in a slightly alternative method and like mm-hmm. something that takes, um, only like a few minutes essentially. Um, so yeah, they generally are pretty responsive to it. Um, some physicians have seen it more than most for sure, especially if they're in 
more suburban or rural area, I would say they've seen it less frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've at least heard of it. Like I've, I've never come across a physician that's like never seen it before. Okay. Um, cool. So yeah. And it's really just as simple as like them putting it in the kit rather than in the biohazard waste bin. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's nothing like too crazy for them to take on. And then once it's in the kit, it doesn't have to go like in a freezer or anything. You can just leave it there until someone else picks yeah. it up. Yeah. So you can keep oh. it at room temperature. So we try to encourage parents to call us within about six hours of birth. Mm-hmm. And then we um, guarantee pickup within 12 hours of birth. Um, but sometimes it's even less than an hour, especially if you're in a more um, urban area. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, we we can come pretty quickly. That's really cool. I think that it seems like such a helpful lift for someone, especially like if you have certain conditions that run in your family Mm -hmm. or if there's a health concern um, that you feel like you may or may not be passing on to your children. It feels like a really good, still cost effective, like safe safety net to have when you're scared of potentially passing something Mm -hmm. on. Yeah, for sure. And actually a lot of genetic testing companies for that reason will cover cord blood banking if you test for certain diseases. Um, so for instance, like we have a partnership with billion to one. And if you, um, show or demonstrate that your baby will have sickle cell anemia, they'll actually cover the first year with us. Um, so yeah, so it's something that I can like very directly be a preventative measure that you can do like basically right at birth. Um, so yeah, it's a really strong part of preventative medicine in my opinion. You guys have, um, better birth resources on your website, which I thought was really helpful and and cool. Um, talk to me a little bit more about what those are, but then also in connection to what you just mentioned, right? Like mm-hmm. if at what point should someone who is pregnant be thinking about this with their healthcare providers as something that even potentially could be covered? Right. Yeah. We recommend by 30 weeks, but um, I have some parents that approach us and they're like anywhere from like eight to 12 weeks and they're so pretty early, but I would say still um, at least enroll with us because mm-hmm. if we haven't sent your kid out yet, then um, we can refund you. So, um, there isn't like any consequence really to the parent and they have up until the 30 week mark to really decide. Mm -hmm. Um, and most people forget if they like think about it and, um, come across it once. So yeah, I usually just encourage parents to enroll right away and definitely Mm -hmm. by 30 weeks. Um, and then, sorry, what was the other part of your question? When it comes to your birth resources. Oh yeah. The better birth resources. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think like a broad, more broadly, our general company mission has been to just make yeah better birth experiences. Like something that I thought was interesting when I first started posting on TikTok a lot mm-hmm. about cord blood banking was um, I started seeing very similar rhetoric from different parents, mm-hmm. although like I had never used that language, but I saw it reflected back to me quite a few times where people were using the exact words like finally feel confident, um, like whether it was like cord blood banking made me finally feel confident in my birth plan. Um, or like you finally helped me feel confident about like, um, yeah, like some like getting stretch marks, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, because I make pregnancy content in general, um, then there's a lot of information to be had. And so, yeah, on our website and we have a community called better birth and a podcast as well. Um, and so, yeah, we've just been trying to continue forth with that general sentiment of helping parents finally feel confident. I think like you mentioned earlier, cord blood banking is something you have to advocate for yourself for. And so we want um, our parents to feel as confident as possible walking into birth. 
um, even outside of cord blood banking, because I think in general, a lot of parents struggle with finding proper resources and proper community. Um, so anything we can do to help with that um, would be good. Where have you seen your TikTok content really filling gap within that community specifically? Um, yeah, I would say just, yeah, I'm feeling more confident. Um, like I always disclaim that this is not medical advice or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just try to demonstrate a lot of evidence-based, uh, facts and studies and things like that, that have been published in PubMed and are from reputable organizations. Um, so yeah, we just try to uncover more evidence-based birth facts. Um, and the organization evidence-based birth is great Mm -hmm. for that. Um, so yeah, that's the, I would say the gap is just making sure that even folks that wouldn't normally access that kind of information or think about how to filter it properly, mm-hmm. um, are able to just see something that's more evidence-based. Has there been anything surprising that you've shared that you were like, wow, I didn't realize people didn't know this or that you're so glad that you shared because now people know it? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that I didn't even really know mm-hmm. until I started <laughs> um, going deeper into the pregnancy space. But um, for sure, topics that always hit are things that like I think pregnant, pe- pregnant parents often experience. Things like the fact that they sneeze a lot or um, have congestion or um, are out of breath often. Um, explanations behind those things like um, a strep B test, the fact that at around 39 weeks, Um, They basically swab like your anus and um, people are surprised by that and they're surprised when it happens and it happens so late in pregnancy. Um, And yeah, also there's a mucus plug that I used to talk a lot about, which often shock people. But um, yeah, basically like when you're nearing birth, um, then you can essentially have like a big glob fall out Mm -hmm. and um, it's basically a mucus plug. That's so interesting. I'm telling you, like when I saw you guys on TikTok and then I reached out instantly almost because it just felt like such an interesting space that you're really innovating around and also making it incredibly accessible for the people who could benefit from this exponentially. Um, Even just from the information, right? Like having the option to feel like this is something that you can pursue if you choose to Mm -hmm. feels like a step forward for conversations around child planning or your pregnancy Um, or your overall birth plan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think um, like the CDC published a study this year that said that four in five pregnancy-related deaths are preventable and um, the leading cause is mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And most pregnancy-related deaths happen um, more than seven days after birth. So it's really just, yeah, I think mental health um, and maternal mental health in general is just Mm -hmm like an aspect of mental health that's neglected and mental health in general is neglected. So um, yeah, it's cool that you're doing a podcast like this one because I think, yeah, it's just not talked about enough. And I feel like people should get to a place where like amongst like my friends and I, it's almost like a meme that we all have a therapist, (laughs) but I feel like it should like get to that point. And it like shocks me now when I talk to people that are ashamed of going to therapy, Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's like so eye-opening. And yeah, it's definitely a privilege. A hundred percent a privilege, but I do also think, like you said, I think when you're in this space as well and working in it and, and unpacking the data and seeing the research and seeing like the testimonials of people who listen to the podcast or read or subscribe to Anja, like you get a little bit surprised and jaded when someone's like, oh, I would never do that. Or like, oh, I would never mm-hmm. go to therapy or what's that. 
Um, but I think that that's also why it's so important to have these like really 101 conversations around things that maybe wouldn't have come up in their feed or across their podcast um, listening diet at any other point, right? Because I, when I was researching you guys, I was like, this is just so cool. Like to me, yeah. it's just interesting. Uh-huh. And the potential behind this is so interesting. And the different, I forget the number that you mentioned in your um, video on your site, but it's like 80 plus or something potential diseases or conditions that could be potentially treated if you mm-hmm. just had this in your back pocket. Um, and the lift feels so small, right? Because these are items and parts of you that will be out or in biohazard bins, whether yeah. you want it or not. So whether, like at that point, trying to figure out whether or not it makes sense for you to put them to good use in a different way could be so beneficial. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, a lot of folks kind of think about it as sort of an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's how I was envisioning it. Even when I was like researching, I was like, okay, this isn't, Obviously, there's a cost to it, but there's a cost to it the way that there is a cost to your car payments or right. your dog insurance. Like, there are so <laughs> many different things that you pay for that at that rate, if it can buy you some level of confidence, it may make more sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The 80 stat that you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. it's only for diseases that have been FDA approved um, for cord blood specifically. So mm-hmm. there are around um, over a thousand other clinical trials always happening mm-hmm. for um, cord blood specifically, and then cord tissue and placenta, especially as I mentioned in recent years have mm-hmm. been increasingly used. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident that if people stay informed on cord blood use cases, they will definitely use it at some point in their life. Um, because it's not even the most dire consequences that you can use stem cells. Like mm-hmm. people have used it for, um, things like autism or even like anti-aging type, Mm -hmm. um, and like skin, uh, issues and like, um, formations and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think there are so many use cases beyond like the lethal ones that folks Mm -hmm. typically think about. As we start wrapping up the conversation, um, I kind of want to go back to exactly where we started it, which is you just telling me more about Anja as a whole. I think Mm -hmm. it'd help a lot of people who are listening to just know just how, backed you are by medical experts as well. And like, there's just so much research that feels like there's behind this. It's not just a, I'm always wary of trends on the internet um, Mm -hmm. because I think people are getting people to buy a lot of things that maybe they shouldn't be buying or that there's always a a, a tense there. Um, But I feel like you're creating such a great startup that really is rooted in a lot of research, which I really value. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we have a medical board um, so we have, um, they're all OBGYNs. Um, one of them is actually a, a TikToker, Dr. Mm-hmm. Rogers. Um, and, um, she's a fertility, uh, OB at, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then we have, um, two other OBs that have worked at Cedar sinai or currently work there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is our medical director. So yeah, it's been really promising, um, to have them involved and yeah, on the research side of things, we have quite a few investors that have been in the space, mm-hmm. um, for quite some time. So yeah, that's also been exciting to see. Um, and we also actually have two doulas that have invested. So, um, <laughs> that was also pretty cool, but, um, yeah, in general, I would say, yeah, we have like angelhealth.com slash science. If folks mm-hmm. are more interested in delving deeper into like case studies or things like that, but um, yeah, we definitely want folks to be really aware of the science and the progress that it's making because literally every year there's like a ton of 
studies that come out, like the HIV one um, was like a really big deal last year. And then it happened again this year that they were able to use cord blood uh, stem cells for it. So um, yeah, there's just something always happening. If someone is listening to this podcast and it's the first time they've come across anything about cord blood or Anja specifically, what would you want them to walk away with? Yeah, I would want them to walk away with the fact that if you know someone pregnant or if you get pregnant, this is something that you should at least keep in mind and at least take the effort to um, learn more about. Like a lot of folks that I've met that I've talked to about my company, um, they'll be like, oh yeah, I, I remember seeing that on a brochure, but I just kind of forgot about it and figured it wasn't worth it. Um, and yeah, I just urge parents to always take a second look, um, when you're looking at cord blood banking and birth options. And just in general, there are, um, so many birth options and things that you can do. So, um, I would just, yeah, try your best to be informed and, um, really look at evidence-based resources as well. Um, so yeah, although I make a lot of TikTok content, I really urge people to find, resources other than TikTok for medical related topics, because, um, yeah, like you said, there's just not a lot of evidence-based content. There's a lot of noise and not a lot of signal. A hundred percent. And I think too, it's why I was really interested in this conversation because so much of the scary part or the part that makes it feel like this is for someone else, not for me mm -hmm. is the what does this actually mean, right? Like yeah. the unpacking of what this means, what it actually costs, what the process actually looks like when I should be thinking about that. All of that and really shedding light on what that process can actually look like and what those numbers are, I think makes a difference for people to feel a lot more confident. But when it feels so nebulous, it's harder to see yourself as the person who could potentially be using the service. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, I am so excited and thankful for you to have spent a couple of minutes with me just explaining and walking through Anja. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Um, yeah, pretty much anywhere that you can find anything on the internet. <laughs> um, we have a YouTube channel at Anja House. We just started posting weekly vlogs um, and we talk about things like stretch marks and um, yeah, how to prevent tearing at birth and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, then we have our Better Birth by Anja House podcast. Um, we have, which is on all platforms. Um, we have our Instagram, Anja.Health. On Twitter, we're Anja Health. Um, on Facebook, we're Anja Health. On TikTok, we're Anja Health. <laughs> um, and then AnjaHealth.com. Um, and if you also want to ask any questions, we have a text line that's always being managed by a real person. So um, yeah, we try to guarantee a response within two hours or less. If it's mm -hmm. during business hours, it's generally much, much less than that. So yeah, you can reach us at 310-620-1663. And um, yeah, I hope to see everyone somewhere. Somewhere on the internet. We'll make yeah. sure to include all of those links and that phone number on our show notes, as well as in the episode description. Catherine, it was such a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thank you. I'm adding all of Anja's links and social handles to our show notes. Make sure to follow them for added resources. Don't forget to rate, review, or share. Happy to be here with a friend if you can. I'll catch you next Thursday with a new conversation.